I just want to have the maximum return for my investment of time because time is my most valuable resource. It is limited. And if I'm going to spend time doing something, I want it to impact as many people as possible. Okay. I just finished up my conversation with Cliff. And that is what you're hearing now. So normally I would um, record my thoughts after the episode, but I wanted to give you the the vibe of what I'm feeling. And I don't have all my, my thoughts clearly... Um, clearly lined up, but I think uh, I'm going to talk this through and uh, keep this because there's there's not going to be another time for me to um, have this buzz av- having just completed like this conversation with Cliff. And I was definitely nervous in the beginning uh, because 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 of who he, and who he is and and I know that you know every you know that a lot of people are saying there's no reason to be he's just a regular person and obviously after uh you know 10 15 minutes in um you know you realize you just settle into it and and you get into the flow and you just do what you've you know I just do what I've been doing for the past 150 plus episodes <laughs> and he's a pro at what he does and so we just settle into a great conversation he starts giving me amazing answers and quite honestly I just need I just need to shut up. <laughs> I just needed to shut up and listen because um, I just wanted to get as much of him on the show as possible. There's so much I didn't ask. Um, but, you know, it's it's no small thing to say that uh, he was one of the first podcasters I saw. And I really wasn't, um, you know, following him that much in the beginning. I think, um, you know, maybe wrongfully, definitely wrongfully so. I I was, you know, thinking about, well, you know, he's, um, it's, you know, and he talks a lot about his faith. And in the beginning, it's, I I think it maybe there's a part of me that just was resisting that and, you know, for stupid reasons. But um, I was missing the lesson. I was missing uh, a lot of great content. And uh, just recently, I've been, uh, making sure that I I have his his episodes from the Cliff Ravenscraft show um, in my podcasting playlist, and yeah, there's there's so much good stuff in there about limiting beliefs, about the power of saying no. I highly recommend you listen to uh, some of his most recent episodes, creating a mastermind. It's the stuff that every single entrepreneur needs to know. It's just you know similar to how I felt with Pat Flynn. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, it's it's just been an amazing, amazing ride. And a lot of times, um, we don't stop to smell the roses. And so I'm, I'm taking a couple of minutes to do that now. Because I think it's important. And I wanted you to get a feel for what is literally like sloshing around in my mind now. Um, I know I've talked about doing this immediately after episodes, um, 
Yeah, I think I think that's good. I think that's I just want to leave the leave those thoughts in your mind and uh, and push you to think about what is possible. I never would have imagined I'd I no I I had him on a list of people I'd love to interview, um, but you know within the past couple of months I've just had some amazing conversations with some amazing veteran podcasters who I looked up to and who never knew I existed and now you know. We've, been having these hour plus conversations and i consider them friends and um i know for a fact that you know next time i see cliff it'll be so much more different than all the other times i've, I've run into him um and i have this podcast to thank for that um i have you to thank for that because i'm i'm i have no show without you and um I just thought I wanted to share that with you. So thanks again for being on the journey. And uh, I'll probably record the the rest of the outro uh, later or in a few minutes. But uh, I wanted to make sure that this, this part was caught on tape as I was feeling it. Podcast Junkies, episode 155. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to all of you. It's been um, an amazing, amazingly interesting 2017 uh, on several fronts for me, but I'm, I, I was really excited to get this new year started. Uh, and I don't know how you are with um, resolutions, but I don't generally don't make them, but I just have a high level things that I want to get accomplished, both for the podcast and for my business and for my personal life. And so I'm really excited that this is going to be a transform, transformational year, and I hope it's going to be the same thing for you. My name is Harry Duran, host of Podcast Junkies for 154 episodes, three and a half uh, plus years. It's been so amazing. And uh, lately, it's just been crazy with, with the guests that have been coming on. And this week is no different. Uh, but before I get to him, uh, in case you missed last week's show, we had a fantastic conversation with David Steele. He's the host of Quest for Magic and uh, Quest for Magic and Steel and Arc City. Uh, really interesting story about how he and his family use podcasting to bring them closer, uh, how he learned a lot about uh, being a dungeon master in the Dungeons and Dragons game and parlaying that into the podcast. Now on to this week's guest. So longtime listeners will know and he- probably hear this uh, again but for first-time listeners who don't know the story, I started Podcast Junkies because I went to New Media Expo in 2014, and it was there that I saw Cliff Ravenscraft speak. And the person who introduced Cliff was uh, Chris Murphy, and Chris Murphy also has a part in this story because he, I, we, we don't know if he mentioned it or I, or I had the idea in my head, but it was this idea of Podcast Junkie. And I remember trying to hunt down Chris after and we talked about hashed out the ideas i thought maybe i could partner with him on it but eventually i just did it on my own and the rest as they say is history but the talk i was at and attending was cliff's so to have cliff on uh today is really really special um and it's been an amazing journey and it's this is nice these moments like this are really nice because it allows you to just uh look back reflect and cliff was just so accommodating such a, a great great guest we talked a lot uh, um and in this hour that just, it flew by. You know, obviously we talked about the, the origin story with, with Cliff and, and the role he played in it. Um, he talks about the story uh, of how he manifested meeting one of his idols, Dan Miller. 
We talk about the challenges of shifting from a nine to five job to being your own boss, the power behind saying no. This is really, really interesting conversation. Um, this power of uh, saying no to things, uh, the experience of his first triathlon and what he wants to accomplish in the time he has left in his life. Guys, this is a really special episode. I'm so happy to share it with you and I can't wait for you to dive in. As always, full show notes are going to be available at the website. And for this episode, it's going to be podcastjunkies.com slash 155. This episode is brought to you by Podbean. Podbean is really making a concerted effort to ensure that the experience new podcasters have when they come to sign up is really, really easy. And it's such a powerful tool to use because in essence, what they've done is put together everything that you need to create manage and promote your podcast. They've got really easy uploading and publishing tools, great templates, custom domains, social and promotional tools, an embeddable podcast player, monetization tools, and a lot more. So head on over to bodbean.com slash podcast junkies to sign up today. Make sure you stay till the end of the episode where I reveal this week's retention hashtag. For those of you that are new, it's a little Easter egg I put at the end of the episode and then you tweet about it and that way I know who's been listening. So happy new year again and really enjoy this special conversation with uh, the inspiration, one of the inspirations for Podcast Junkies, Mr. Cliff Ravenscraft. So Cliff Ravenscraft, this is a very, very special interview for me and, and I'll get into that and I'll get into why in just a second. But thank you so much for making the time to appear on Podcast Junkies. Harry, it is my honor and privilege. Thank you so much for inviting me. And um, dude, I, yeah, I love talking about podcasting. So, or, I, or maybe this is, we're not talking about podcasting. I have no idea. I'm, I'm <laughs> eager to see what we're going to talk about. I'm, you know what, Harry, I just like to talk. Yeah. Well, th then you're, so, in the right you're in the right place. Awesome. Because uh, these conversations have been known to take some serious tangents. Cool. I like so tangents. So I'll give you a little bit of a backstory, Cliff, because it's really important to this uh, this show. Because you're one of the reasons I started this show. Back wow. in back in 2014, I went to New Media Expo, and uh, I'll never forget. I mean, I went to start a podcast for DJs because I was uh, I love electronic music, and I was gonna, I started a mobile app, and I was going to uh, interview DJs. And then I realized how, how hard that was going to be. You still there? It, it disconnected for a little bit, but now you're back. Okay. So, you, so you created, you were going to create a podcast for DJs is what I heard last. Yeah. And then I realized how hard it was going to be to track down <laughs> all my heroes. And I was like, this is going to be a nightmare to try to find all these famous people. And I started going to the break to the sessions and podcasting because I wanted to learn about podcasting. And Chris Murphy introduced you. And oh, I, yeah. Yeah. And he, I don't know, we still argue about this, whether he brought it up or I brought it up, this idea of being a podcast junkie and how you're the, t you know, the type of person who has 30 podcasts on their phone and they're just like, love to consume, consume, consume. And I was inspired in that moment to say, well, why don't I interview these people that I, who I want to learn from these podcast hosts. And that's where podcast junkies was born. And I said, I just want to, it's super meta. And I always uh, compare it to being John Malkovich, this idea of being, <laughs> it's a podcast about podcasting where I talk to podcasters. And I started with Chase Reeves. He was there and he agreed to be my first guest. And I just started lining up people and I just celebrated episode 150. I had Pat Flynn on. And just to have you on now, is, it's almost bringing everything full circle because um, it, it was your talk that I attended that in, in, in where I had the idea and, and, you know, after talking to Chris Murphy. So I just want to just publicly thank you 
Wow. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. My pleasure, man. That is, that is so exciting for me to hear. And, you know, I'm just so thrilled to see that 150 plus episodes later, you're still loving it. Yeah. And for me, that's what I've devoted myself to is to helping people get their message out into the world and discover the benefits that having a podcasting journey can how, how it can benefit their lives. Yeah, I, I thought it would be fun. I went into Evernote because I've been using Evernote for years. And I was like, do I still have my notes? And I still had my notes from your session. So I pulled them up and it says uh, it's created uh, January 5th, 2014. Um, NMX and it's it, it's your notes from the talk. Why podcast the benefits? Number one, smaller haystack. 450, yep. 450 active English language logs, 100 hours per minute of brand new video every month, only 225,000 podcasts. That's probably changed by now. Uh, the smartphone, a billion in use today. No screen time required equals captive audience. Four, greater influence. Five, connect with experts and mentors pursuing a balanced life. Six, build rapport and trust while you sleep. And in caps, you have to consistently create content. And I had three links there. Learnhowtopodcast.com, the ATR2100, <laughs> and hookedonwoodenboats.com. <laughs> oh, yes, Dan Matson, Hooked on Wooden Boats. That's still one of my favorite stories today. Can you talk a little bit about this idea of connections you make that at the time you don't realize like where they may lead and how you've been surprised <laughs> And, and, and how you've been surprised in your own life where something has come out years later and you didn't even think it would have the repercussions it had. Oh, man, that that's happened for so many different things for me. Uh, there was a time when, okay, so I had just discovered the, it was, I think, December 2009, I had just rediscovered the concept of setting goals and how to achieve them. Yeah. So as a kid, I had given up pretty much this whole idea of setting goals because, you know, in elementary school, we got excited every year about New Year's resolutions. And of course, we would all set them. And, you know, a couple of weeks into the new year, you would forget all about the fact that you had set those New Year's resolutions. And then as you grow up, for me, and anyway, as I grew up, then all of a sudden I began to hear people say New Year's resolutions just don't work. And I equated that to setting goals just doesn't work. And and then even into like my young adulthood um, and even on through, you know, later in life, I I realized people said, well, it's scientifically proven that New Year's resolutions don't work. And again, just subconsciously, I'm thinking, well, setting goals doesn't. Why should anybody bother setting goals? Why don't you just go through life and take it as it comes? And that's unfortunately how I pretty much handled most of my life. I mean, there were some things that. I decided, hey, this is what I want to pursue, and I'm not going to stop until I get it. But I, even back then, when I when I achieved things, I, I what I didn't realize I did is I set a goal, and I was determined that I wasn't going to I wasn't going to stop until I achieved it. Mm -hmm. But I I, I would have you if you would have asked me back then when I was achieving some pretty ridiculous things back then, I would have never told you that I was actually setting goals and and going after them because I would have told you then that goals setting goals don't work. Doesn't work. Well, in December 2009, I remember coming across an article, or it might have been a chapter of a book, that talked about this secret formula for how to achieve every goal you ever set for yourself. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so talk about skeptical, right? Yeah. So I, but I read this, and by the way, this this formula or whatever, this book and this material 
was recommended extremely highly by people that I respected and trusted, people that I knew weren't pie-in-the-sky kind of people. So I decided I was going to put this formula mm -hmm. to the test. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if it's real. And by the way, I, and for my first thing, I made it a, a decision that, okay, I have a goal that seems a little bit far-fetched for me. I have a goal of meeting Dan Miller, author of the book 48 Days to the Work You Love. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a man who has written a book that has sold millions of copies, right? And I'm listening to his podcast. By the way, his book radically transformed my life. I'm listening to his podcast on a weekly basis, and I'm, I'm like blown away. I hear him you know, do advertising at the end of his show. He was playing around with some advertisers, and I just had this dream. It's like, oh my gosh, what, what if I could advertise? I, what if I got to the place in my business where I could pay Dan Miller to, to put an ad in his show for my podcast consult, consulting and coaching? Wow, would that be crazy? But that wasn't my goal. My goal was just... I would love to have the opportunity to, number one, meet Dan Miller. Mm -hmm. So I had the goal of meeting Dan Miller, but I did not want to just meet him. I wanted to have the time to sit down and tell him specifically about the radical transformation in my own life and how I've been able to have a profound radical translation. Uh, tran transformation in the lives of other people as a result of the message I got from him, mm -hmm. which basically means that I know that Dan speaks at events, and after somebody speaks at an event, usually there's a team of 20 or 30 people that want to talk to him. They say, man, you've changed my life, and you know, he goes to dinner that evening and doesn't remember half the people he talked to, right? I didn't want that. I mean, I'm like, my goal, it stated here for the record, I want to meet Dan Miller, I want to have this conversation, and I want it to be in such a way that he would never forget that conversation that not that we're going to have a relationship afterwards, but mm -hmm. it, you know, if he, if somebody says, Hey, do you know Cliff Ravenscraft a week later? He would say, Oh yeah, I know Cliff Ravenscraft. That's, I wanted to have a, just a meeting with Dan Miller where I'd have, I would have been able to left that kind of impression with him. And then I said, and it's, and if we're getting crazy with my goal, little icing on the top of the cake, would be it would be awesome if Dan Miller would be a guest on my podcast. Now, in my mind at the time, whatever, yeah. right? That ain't happening. He's way too successful. He's got millions of admirers and fans and you know whatever. But I decided, hey, I'm going to I'm going to try this formula. So by the way, this formula for setting goals at the time, uh, it's a four-step process. Yeah. Step number 1, do you believe it's possible? Okay? I believe this is possible. Is it going to happen? Yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm skeptical, but I believe it's possible. All right. So number two, they say you need to write it down physically. Write it down. Yeah. So I had a whiteboard behind me, and I and I just wrote the name Dan Miller on my whiteboard, and 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 so all of a sudden, okay. Step one, step two, down. Step number three, tell others about your goal. All right. And by the way, step number four, if anybody's interested, is work the plan. As it becomes available. Now, unfortunately, I did not get a chance to get to step number four because step number three, I'd already achieved my goal. So what happened was I wrote it down. I got into my podcast and I said, hey, guys, I read this four-step formula that they say will help you achieve any goal you ever set for yourself that you remain focused on. And so I'm going to put it to the test today. I'm going to throw it out there. We're going to see if this thing works. And so I, I told them and I, and I mentioned Dan Miller. 
I published this podcast episode, and I'm not kidding you, 40 minutes after the episode went live, I get an email from Andy Traub. I had just shared it on social media. Andy Traub instantly clicked the link and hit play while he was working or something like that. And he says, Cliff, I just listened to your podcast. Um, this is an email. Yeah. He goes, I just finished listening to your podcast. I see that you have a goal to meet Dan Miller. I'm close personal friends with Dan Miller. And matter of fact, he already knows who you are and has been thinking about contacting you. I'd love to connect to, connect you guys. Would you like me to make an introduction? And I'm like, heck yeah. And so with it, within seven days of publishing that episode, I have a one-on-one conversation with Dan. He, he, he becomes a guest on my podcast. Mm-hmm. You can go to podcastanswerman.com slash Dan Miller mm-hmm. and listen to that episode. By the way, I am totally fangirling through the whole thing. <laughs> and so, um, yep. And then afterwards, I, I, after the conversation, we've, we end the interview and he says, Cliff, I would love to uh, schedule a consulting call with you. Now, I'm thinking, you know, Dan Miller wants to have me as his coach to help him improve his podcast. And his, by the way, his podcast, his content was amazing. Yeah. But so, so here's the thing. Dan did not want coaching and slash consulting advice about his podcast. That is not what he wanted. See, Dan had written a book where millions of people were out there discovering and chasing after the work that they love to do. And for many of those people, it's become... Uh, they wanted to generate and create their own business. And as a result of that, a lot of those people said, Dan, I see that you're having so much success in promoting your products, your business, your services through a podcast. How can I learn how to podcast? And Dan has no desire to teach anybody because nobody he doesn't know how to do it himself because somebody else just set it up for him, yeah, right? Yeah. And that person isn't somebody who does, does this for a living. But he's heard about a guy named Cliff Ravenscraft who goes by the podcast answer man, which is why he was asking Andy Traub about, do you know who this Cliff Ravenscraft guy is? And, and Andy says, yeah, I think we need to reach out to him. Uh, and it w- wasn't so that he could get advice on his podcast. It was so that he could find out he wanted to do a 30 minute coaching call with me just to see what kind of person I am, how I handle coaching calls so he could mm. feel whether or not he would be comfortable promoting me to his community. Yeah. Trusted I did not know. That. I all I knew is I thought Dan was asking me, "Hey, can I can I get on a call with you and tell me so I can so you can tell me how I can improve my show?" And so I sit there. So we we scheduled the call, and so it t- comes time for the call, and I said, and he asked me, "So Cliff, what can I do to improve my show?" I said, "Dan, I want to talk to you about your show." I said, "But man, I'm afraid to tell you what I, what's on my heart because." Man, you know how much of an honor it is to just talk to you, and and, and I'm afraid if I say what I'm going to say, it would damage any but I'm going to say it anyways. I've told you, you already know, Dan, how much I am absolutely in love and passionate about your message and how your book transformed my life. And in, a, in the podcast interview, I told you how I did an entire series of podcast episodes about 48 days. To, I, li- I did, literally did a chapter-by-chapter chapter mm. book, and... Thousands of people have bought your book as a result of me recommending it. Now, I also recommended every single one of those people subscribe to your podcast. And here's the thing. 100% of those who read got your book as a, a part of my recommendation, 100% of them have thanked me for it. However, 100% of those people also checked out your podcast, and about 60% of them said, wow, 
amazing content, but there's no way on earth I can stay subscribed to this podcast. It hurts my ears. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, wow. <laughs> and that's all I hear for just a minute. And he goes, he goes, man, I am so thankful you said that because you know what? I've been receiving emails from people who have been telling me the same thing. Oh, he wow. goes, Quite frankly, Cliff, I don't know what I'm doing with this stuff. Some guy just came and helped me. And what I've been doing is I went and I spent $20 for this little lapel microphone. And I said, yeah, I can tell. And I said, <laughs> that lapel microphone, it's awful. Um, I said, but I listen to you every week and so do 40% of the other people because of the content. But man, if we could get your audio quality up, you'll have one of the best podcasts out there. And he says, well, what would you recommend? And I shared with him some equipment that I use in my studio. He goes, can you buy all of that stuff and order it and bring it down to Nashville this weekend? Wow. Yeah. He goes, well, my (laughs) wife, Joanne, is off to Colorado to go visit our son. And she's going to be gone for some some time. He says, why don't you come over this? Why don't you order all that stuff? Get it in. And come down to Nashville, stay in my guest room in my house overnight. I'll take you out to a show here in Nashville, and then we'll spend the entire day together, and you can build my podcast studio for me. Wow. And so that's one of those things where I let's put this little four-step formula to this. <laughs> and, and by the way, uh, today I, I have a very profitable business, yeah. like an extremely profitable business beyond my wildest imagination and expectation. And over the past 10 years, I can tell you this, more than 80% of all the income I've generated over the past 10 years, more than 80% of it can be traced back to recommendations going as early back to Dan Miller. Hmm. So for example, um, Michael Hyatt has one of the most popular, one of the top 10 business in the world. And he actually has written about me 57 times on his website. Wow. I've spoken every single platform or every single platform conference that Michael Hyatt has put on. He invited me to speak at every single one of them. He he has tens of thousands of people in his online community. I'm one of the master classes. I mean, the it's in the tens of thousands, maybe even close to 100,000 people who are aware of who I am today just from Michael Hyatt alone. Yeah. And how that happened was Michael Hyatt and Dan Miller are really close friends. And one day Michael Hyatt goes over to Dan Miller's place and Dan's, he's, Michael says, Dan, what's one of the top, what is the one thing in your business? The, what is one thing in your business above everything else that you do in your business that gives you the greatest return on your investment? And Dan Miller says, there's nothing that comes close to anything as as far as my audio podcast. He goes, really? It's not your blog? It's not your newsletter? He says, those are all great. They don't come close to what the podcast does for me. He goes, do you think I should have a podcast? He goes, you needed a podcast a long time ago. You must have a podcast. And he goes, and by the way, there's only one person I could ever recommend to you, and his name's Cliff Ravenscraft. Amazing. One week after Dan Miller and Michael Hyatt had that conversation, I'm sitting in the office of Michael Hyatt in his home in Franklin, Tennessee, teaching him how to podcast. So that's there's so much to dive into there. One of the things that really stands out for me, Cliff, is this discipline that I've just seen you exhibit over the years. And, and I know that you've had a lot of success and you talk a lot about the success you've had with your insurance company and how you transitioned over and the discipline that was required for you to struggle in the beginning. And you know, even in the, your most recent episodes, you talk about how you had to borrow money and, and get a loan out and, and get- No, I didn't borrow money. 
Oh, so you, it's a very important part of my thing. Yeah. I became my wife and I became debt free in February of 2007, which was uh, that was 10 months before I started my online business. Yeah. And by the way, my business today it, it generates about a half million dollars a year right now, and everything we've done has never cost us more than a $35 investment. Hmm. And that $35 investment was pre-USB. It was a headset microphone with a boom off to the side, but it had two one-eighth-inch one plugs. One was for headphones. One was for, for microphone. That was a thir- it was $35 of my own cash to make this happen. Yeah. Now, when I got into 2008, my first year in business, things were very, very, very tough financially. And I did... I didn't borrow money. I was that was the advice that I was given, but I did withdraw $14,000 out of my pension and I put $4,000 aside for uh taxes and penalties and we lived off that $10,000 for about 3 months of 2008. Okay. But that the the important thing is is that I didn't borrow money. That yeah. cuz I I just want people to know. Of course. I personally do not believe in borrowing money. I don't even believe in taking investing from others. I I want to own my own stuff. I want to be in control and I don't want to have to borrow to do it. So Thank you for clarifying yeah. that. That's important distinction. Can you talk a little bit about because what, what I noticed, because I was in corporate America for 20 years, and then I eventually moved and I have this as my full-time business, but there's, I feel like there's two camps and, and mindsets of how people think when they're in a nine-to-five job and they have a boss and they have and they feel like they're, they're getting that direct deposit every two weeks in their paycheck and how that needs to shift when you become your own entrepreneur. I love the – you told something about the first time you bought the toner cartridge and you realized how expensive it is. And like, I guess I am in business for myself. So I'm wondering if you could tell a little bit or, or, or maybe – um, a little story about how the, how you had to change that mind shift from being employee to being uh, owner. Well, the biggest problem about being the, shifting the mindset from being living a lifetime as an employee over to being a business owner is it has everything to do about pricing. Mm-hmm. So, as an employee, like you said, you show up Monday through Friday nine to five, and whether you do the work you love or the work you hate whether you're very good at it or just adequate or if you're just basically um, good enough to keep yourself from getting fired. The reality is, is no matter what you put the hours in and you get the, you get the paycheck, right? Your paycheck doesn't go up or down based upon how, how great you are. You, you just, you just get a paycheck. It's trading dollars for hours. So when you start your own business, number one, there is no guaranteed paycheck. <laughs> it's 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 all dependent. It's all dependent upon your performance. And sometimes, uh, when it comes to being your own business owner, you realize that wait a second, there's a whole lot more that goes on in business than just doing what it is that people want to pay you to do, such as marketing and accounting and bookkeeping and and following up, invoicing, all that stuff. It, it's just crazy what else goes involved in gets involved in this. Now, the biggest problem, though, is you figure, of course, I am, I think I'm getting ready to turn 45. So I'm 44 years old right now. And you figure for the last 10 years, I've been self-employed. But prior to that, I had been a hourly wage employee. And when I, now back at the time when I left my career in insurance, I was making a lot of money in commissions on top of my hourly rate. But that, but still, my hourly rate was twenty-seven dollars an hour, which seemed like a lot of money to me at the time. And in here in Northern Kentucky, that's cost of living is pretty low, so it was a pretty decent hourly rate. 
And prior to my career in insurance, I was in insurance for 12 years. But man, I remember before I started working as an insurance agent, I was working as a customer service rep for the catalog order department of Staples, which is an office supply company. Yeah. So I was doing customer service there, and I think I was making eight fifty an hour. But even at $27 an hour, and then I go and start my own business, I started out one-on-one coaching and consulting at $50 per hour. And the the problem was is that I felt like this is like highway robbery. How how who am I to charge somebody like twice as much as I was making as an insurance agent? Yeah. Which by the way, I grew to despise that work. And here I'm doing something that get on a hires me for an hour. I get on the call and and somebody hires me for an hour and they ask me some questions and they come away from that call thinking, wow, that was a valuable investment of my 50 bucks. And I'm sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, I should have paid that person $50. I had so much fun on that call. Yeah. You know, it's like my idea of work at the time is that there's no way anybody gets paid to have this much fun. And so I felt weird invoicing them. Mm-hmm. So th- that that was that was the biggest struggle struggle that I had in my mindset. And I realized today that Anybody who wants to be full-time self-employed and anybody who's charging less than $300 for a one hour of of access to you, if you're charging less than $300, your business is not leading towards success. I think what's what's been – I mean, obviously, I've known about you since I, I saw you speak and, you know, I, I try to keep up with – I have a whole playlist of just podcasts about podcasting. But I think where um, you've you've come back on my radar recently was just the recent episodes and this idea of again charging for what you're worth, having this relationship with money where it's current currency is is current exchange of current and exchange of energy and being compensated. Uh, you even had an example once where you got on for five minutes for a call and you. You know, it was the full the full hour, and the guy paid you, but you solved that problem. If you could just tell that story quickly, it was just really amazing, um, and, and and a really important lesson for people who are just getting started and, and having this fear over charging what they're worth. Yeah. So this is, and by the way, that guy didn't pay me. He desperately wanted to, but I would not allow him. This is what we call self sabotage. Mm-hmm. So I self sabotaged myself. So what happened was um, I, I sold – by the way, I sold an equipment package, the Podcast Answer Man equipment package, and I made like $300 profit mm-hmm. just off of the sale of that alone. Okay, And at the time, my rate – I believe my rate was $300 an hour. Okay, So I made $300 on the, pro- on, on the profit of the sale, and the guy who purchased the equipment package – hired me for two hours to walking through step-by-step over the phone how to set it up. So that's an additional 600 So I just made $900, yeah. okay? So I just made $900. I get on the call, and over the course of the two hours, I walk him through where every knob should be turned, where every button should be pressed down, which one should be up, how to hook up every single cable, and we tested everything, and I trained him on everything over the course of the two hours, and I recorded the audio of the whole thing in such a way that if – Everything got destroyed, like his his kids came in and unpulled all the cables. He could just listen to the audio recording Mm -hmm. and relive the whole thing and just reset it all up again, right? So he was ecstatic. He was so excited, and I felt great. It's like, wow, I just gave him those two hours. Amazing. So awesome. So now here's the thing. About two months later, 
I get an email from the same guy, and he says, Cliff, I'm experiencing some static on my JK Audio broadcast host. I wonder if you can help me. And I'm like, oh, man, you know, I, I remember I, I told you that you're going to have some static. And he goes, no, 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 I know about the static. I, I've done plenty of calls, and I know all about that, and I don't expect anything more than that. No, I'm talking about the fact that I can't even hear the person on the phone. And this is all an email exchange, right? And I said, that's interesting. And now I had a two-week waiting list at this time. My schedule does not have a single opening mm-hmm. for any consulting calls. Um, so I said, you know, if you want, it, it, I can put you on my list. It's going to be two weeks because that's no problem. I'm going to be in and out of town. I'm flying in and out of the country. So go ahead and put me on your schedule for two weeks from now. <clears throat> now, the thing is, is this is another $300 call because mm-hmm. I do a 300. It was a minimum of one hour per call. And he says, absolutely no problem. Go ahead and put me on your schedule. And it's like, okay. And I'm thinking, it's like, hey, I, I'm feeling guilty that he has to wait two weeks. So I, I'm like, hey, why don't you – here's the phone number for JK Audio Broadcast the Customer Service. They have a tech support. They will actually be able to answer your question for free. It won't cost you anything, and they'd be available tomorrow. So I'm, I'm already trying to self-sabotage. I feel yeah. like this guy's already paid me. Why should he have to wait two weeks to find out what's wrong with these equipment? And so he's like, Cliff, don't worry about it. He goes, I know I could probably call them, but I'll just wait for you. You know, I'll just wait for you. And said, okay. So we get, it's so the two weeks go by. It's time to get on the call with him. And um, I jump on the call. I I was using a a conference bridge. So I called in five minutes before the call, and he's already on there ready for the call. And and he's like, hey, Cliff. And I'm like, hey. And so I said, so you're having static. He said, Yeah. So I, I take my cell phone and I call the number from my cell phone and I listen to it and I hear the static. And he, he says, yeah, and all I hear is that. And all of a sudden I heard that static. It's like, wait a second. I said, let me ask you this. Is there any chance that your electric went out while you were out of town? He goes, well, yeah. The other time when I came back, I, I had to reset all the clocks, the microwave, the stove, all that stuff. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I cannot believe I didn't think about this. This this has happened to me three different times, but it's been so long ago that I forgot about it, and I didn't even think about the static until I heard the static. But as soon as I heard the static, I said, do me a favor. Reach back to the back of the broadcast and just unplug the power cord and plug it back in. He did that, and I called him back, and I said, can you hear me now? <laughs> this is before the commercial came out. <laughs> can you hear me now? And he's like, yeah. I said, <laughs> Okay, I feel so stupid for not even telling you that to eat. But as soon as I heard it, this happened. When the electric went out and when it came back on, the the uh, the power created a surge mm-hmm. that came in through the circuitry of the advice uh, of the device. It didn't hurt anything, but there is a very sensitive crossover pattern in in separating the audio and and the surge called it caused that to that separation to to break and so therefore it's putting everything it, it it's just all you, anytime that ever happens, if you come back and you ever hear that sound again, just unplug the power cable and plug it back in. It's only happen, it only happens when the electric goes out and then it comes out while the unit's plugged in. And he's like, wow, thank you so much. Cliff, send me the invoice. And I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, wait a second. The, the, I've solved this in less than five minutes. Yeah. Our scheduled time hasn't even started yet. I said, well, you still have me for an hour. You know, he goes, that's all I needed, Cliff. And he says, send me the invoice. And I said, well, there's just no way I can. And I can't invoice you in good conscience. He goes, Cliff, send me the invoice. And he fought with me for like three minutes. And I said, don't worry. It's going to come back to me, blah, 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 yeah, blah. Yeah. 
Now, I will tell you, three days after that, I wrote the book, read the book, um, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Eker. Mm-hmm. And that's when I learned about self-sabotage. And I, I learned about how our money blueprint and our programming conditioning as a child and how we think about money and how we think about how we get paid. Had I read that book a week earlier, I would have invoiced him for the $300 and I would have gladly accepted it. Yeah. In fact, now this is, this is how much that book changed my life. Not only would I have felt confident in the fact that I had earned the $300 because here's the thing. He, would, he was not hiring me. He was not paying for $300, $300 for one hour of my life. Yeah. That's not what he was paying for. He was paying $300 to get rid of the static on his JK Audio, which he could have gotten for free because yeah. I guarantee you they would have been <laughs> able to hear it and done it just as quickly as I could have. But he chose that he wanted to give, the, he wanted to give me another $300. Why? Well, mostly because he loves listening to me. He's gotten so much value, and he'd rather just have he, – he didn't need it before then. So, heck yeah, and I'd love to give Cliff another $300, right? And he desperately wanted to give me the money. Yeah. But the thing is, is he would, what he wanted to give me the money for is to solve this problem. And so I had the solution to the problem. So the thing is, is people are looking to pay you for the solution to their problem. And if you can deliver that in five minutes – the, the then the that's in in essence I, I mean i would never think to do things in this way it's like listen i i'll tell you what it'll be $600 for the hour or no it it'll be $300 for the hour but it'll be $600 if i can solve it in the five, first 5 minutes mm-hmm. and in a way if you think about i mean I, again i'm i wouldn't think i wouldn't think to charge people that way these days but if you think about the fact that, heck, you know what? I'll charge – it'll be $300 if it takes us an hour to solve the problem. But if I can solve it in the first five minutes, it'll be 600 bucks. <laughs> and if you think about it, it's worth it because if any, anybody – to solve – he already knows he could get for free, then you know he has the kind of income that's going to allow him to do that. So what's an hour of someone's time at mm. that level worth? Yeah, exactly. So in essence, by the fact that I actually solved the problem before our call was scheduled to start – I just gave him an entire hour of his life back that he didn't have before. How valuable is that? Yeah. So it, those kind of things radically changed my mind about who, how I thought. And, and those are the kind of things you never think of as an employee. No. What's, what's so interesting is that you, know, you recently be talking about the power of saying no as well. And it, and it ties in to this exact topic because it's a, it's a reflection of, of how you value your time and even people thinking that they can ask you like what in their mind is like a, a three minute question. And I just had want to pick your brain for a couple of seconds. And you you now have these responses that you give to people um, where you say, you know, I'd, I'd love to, but instead you, you move them off, off to a different resource. And I think you already have these filters in place, these toll gates, if you will, or of like what, who gets access to you. And I think you've just just done a a great job of it, and and you continue to talk about it in your previous in, in your episodes. And I, I just think it's so important, and it's one of the mind shifts that new entrepreneurs struggle with: this ability to like, well, I just need to help everyone that asks for my help. Yeah, that that is, and it, you know, and the problem is, is that one there's part of us think that we have to, for us to be able to gain a good reputation for ourselves, we have to be willing to serve everyone, and the and the reality is, is we can't. Yeah. And we, we can't serve everyone who comes our way and still have a life outside of what our work. 
Um, and, and of course, in my first year, I, I struggled with trying to say yes to everyone. Mm-hmm. And I did not have a life outside of my work. I had a wife and three kids. To be quite honest, my wife pretty much lived the life of a widow hmm. for the first year uh, of this business. And that is a regret that I have. And, and you know, I, I'm not happy about it. I, I wouldn't want to change anything because, man, do, have I learned so much. And I'm of great value to people today to help avoid of what they should avoid and, and how they could do things differently. Uh, but man, I, my wife literally lived the life of a widow, hmm. somebody, somebody who had literally lost their husband Wow! because I, I worked 12 to 14 hours a day, seven days a week for the first nine months without a single day off. Can you talk, a little, can you talk a little bit about the importance of family because, um, and support because as, as entrepreneurs, you know, we, it gets, it gets pretty lonely um, we struggle through highs and lows and, and we, and we go through things that people who have a nine to five job could never even fathom. Um, and there's, and, and I think there's important to have support groups. And so I'm wondering, uh, what that's been for you and, and how that's changed through the years. So I'm very blessed in the fact that my wife has been on board with me and, and where I'm heading as far as my online business since day one. In fact, it was her that convinced me to put my 90-day notice in my insurance job. Um, so she's the one who said, listen, she was a stay-at-home mom. We had three young kids on eight, aged eight and under. She says, if we have to sell our house and rent for a while, then that's fine. If, we, if I have to go out and get a job, then I go out and get a job for a while. But we both know that this is what you're called to do. And in, in essence, it's, she even said, this is what we're called to do together. Mm. Um, because she was very much involved in the content side of things, the, the podcast that we were creating at the time. So, so I, for me, I had that, that support from her. I do know a lot of people that I've been working with over the years. And I've worked with thousands of people who are trying to build businesses around their podcasting efforts. And the people that I've worked with, I've seen so many of them who see their their spouse or their children as obstacles to achieving their dream. Hmm. And that is the saddest thing. Um, they, they, they get upset about the fact that their wife doesn't support them and, 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 it, and they feel guilty about what they're doing. And, and I got to tell you, there's, uh, I, I really think it's extremely important if not to actually include your wife and make her a part of the business or to make the kids a part, but to, to actually do whatever it takes to come together to the place where you both are on the same page, whether or not they're as involved in your business pursuits as my wife was with mine, but at least get on board with the vision the yeah. vi- that you share the vision together. You share the dream together. And I would say that if you're not in that place, definitely work on I, I would start either doing some marriage counseling or going to some uh, marriage retreats i would i would work on that as much if not more than you're working on building the business on the side get you and your spouse on the same page before you leave the day job if you don't you run the risk of doing what so many people have done in the past and that's you leave the day job and you either lose the marriage or you lose the business or you lose both that's very important, very important advice, I mean, uh, guidance. And the other thing that was really, um, that I, I just caught my eye was this change in your attitude towards your health. Um, and you recently talked about how you've completed a, a triathlon. I'm wondering if you could 
think about what was the impetus for you to decide, you know, you, there may have been false starts in the beginning. What was it about the time when you really decided that this is the time I'm going to change? Because it's been transformational. It's been extremely inspiring to watch over the past few years what you've done. And, and for people that have known you back then and, and see you now, uh, it, it's really motivating. Yeah, so I got to the place where in January 2008, first year doing my business full time, I was working around the clock. wasn't I was already overweight, but I certainly added a lot of of pounds over that first year. I was a very stressed out person because financially we were struggling. Yeah, um, and I was working around the clock, seven days a week, no days off. I mean, literally, it's I wake up, eat an unhealthy breakfast, go down work, go up, eat a quick lunch, go down, and then I'd go up and have dinner, and usually I'd have seconds or thirds, uh, doing a ton of emotional eating and snacking throughout mm. the day, and then i go to bed at 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, and I would do that every day, seven days a week for nine months. You imagine what that does. So um, ends up, it was January 2009, one year later, I end up in the hospital with massive gallstone attack, and um, I, I won't go into the full details, but I literally almost, I had a near death experience in the hospital one year later and I weighed 272 pounds mm. I, and I was quickly approaching 300 pounds. And so that was my first wake up call. And I came away from that with the desire to change my lifestyle and to, to start taking my physical health seriously. And I did, and I had some great up and down successes with that. Uh, but by the time, you know, I had, I had actually like within, I lost 70 pounds within the course of 18 months after that experience. But over time I had actually gained, got all the way back up to 268 pounds, uh, which was November, 2014. And I, I had been struggling with, you know, I know what it takes and all this other stuff. And finally I had a guy, his name is Ken Davis. He says, Cliff, you know, I, I'm about ready to turn 68 years old. We were in Colorado Springs, California, Colorado, Colorado Springs, Colorado, and I was speaking at the platform conference. Mm-hmm. And Michael Hyatt and Ken Davis were partners in that conference. And um, anyway, it's in Colorado, so I'm experiencing this high altitude, oh, yeah. and I'm I'm having a hard time walking upstairs without my heart beating out of my chest. And he told me, "Hey, this morning I ran four miles up the mountain." <laughs> And he's 68 years old. And so he says, Cliff, I'm gonna... now, by the way, Ken Davis, he's one of the most popular Christian comedians on the planet. And so he's got a massive following. And he says, Cliff, I've never done this for anyone before, but I'd like to offer to personally mentor you in physical fitness and health. I've been watching your journey over the last couple years, and I've seen you go up and down, and I noticed that you're struggling right now. He goes, and if any of this is offensive or anything like that, then just tell me to bug off. I'll never bother you again. But I've never done this before, but I'd like to personally mentor you in health and fitness. I, I, I've seen what you've done as, as a public speaker, and I see what you're doing in your business, and I think you have an incredible opportunity to do things beyond your wildest imagination, but you, you need to have this, this area of your life taken care of. Mm-hmm. And I said, Ken, you have no idea how much I've been praying for just the right solution, of the right answers. He goes, well, here's what I'm going to ask. If you choose to have me as your mentor... I'm going to ask you to make a couple commitments. Number one, I want you to read my book, Fully Alive, which talks about why I uh, went from being where you are to where I am today. And number two, I want you to read a book called Younger Next Year, which is then going to take you to the next commitment, which is working out six days a week every week for the rest of your life, where three days a week are 
um, high intensity aerobic focused exercise and the other three days, you're literally going to tear every single muscle in your body apart and do strength training. And then the final commitment is that in six months from now, you're going to complete a triathlon with me. Wow. And I said, Ken, let me pray about it. <laughs> and, and he says, absolutely. And I said, okay. And like literally 10 seconds later, I said, okay, I've prayed about it. I'm in. And, that, and then on November 14th, 2014, I made a commitment to work out six days a week, every week for the rest of my life. And it is, let's see, so that was November 2014. So we're now three years. So for three years, I've worked out six days a week, every week. And I've lost over 100 pounds of fat. And I put on 40 pounds of muscle. And I look 10 years younger yeah. than I did when I started. And I could, I could easily run up a mountain, four miles. I routinely go on 100-mile bike rides <laughs> several times a year. At least three to five times a year, I get on my bike and ride for nine and a half hours. What, when you did that triathlon, what was going through your mind as you, you're going through these different phases, especially knowing so, where you were? That, that, that's a di difficult answer for me because I don't think I'll be able to give you the kind of answer you're looking for. Sure. Uh, and the reason why is because the day that I ran the triathlon, um, that, that morning at two o'clock, I did not sleep the night before that, hmm. that morning at two o'clock in the morning, I got a phone call that my biological dad had passed away wow. and, and it was a very, very difficult relationship my entire life. Uh, so quite honestly, the only thing I thought about that day was was the fact that my dad had just died. Yeah. Uh, and I was I was six hours away from home. And the question is, do I just give up on this running this marathon, uh, given the fact that I haven't even slept mm -hmm. uh, and there's nobody to talk to? It's it's two o'clock in the morning. Uh, and I talked to my my I reached out to my friend Ray Edwards, who's in my mastermind group. And I said, Ray, uh, I called him at like two thirty in the morning. And talked to him for an hour, and I said, "Ray, what do I do?" He goes, "What do you What do you feel led to do?" And I said, a "Part of me feels like you know going back home isn't going to change anything, and I, 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 but I feel guilty if I go through this marathon because, you know, I should be heading home." He says, "What if What if, you know, what if you just do this thing and 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 say, listen, in spite of what you and your dad went through, what if you just say, listen, that I, I commit to doing this for him and." Yeah putting behind whatever strained relationship we had. But so quite frankly, I don't think you were looking for this unless you knew it. But uh, the entire, all, all I was thinking is about, about is the fact that my dad had just passed away. But I, I, I wanted to complete that marathon or that triathlon. I, it's like, listen, this is something that, that needs to happen in my life. I, I mean, it, it imbues that first time event with so much meaning i mean <laughs> it's just so powerful to think about you know the listener can only just imagine what the the range of emotions but the fact that you continue with it i think is just a, a testament to understanding how much work you had put in up until that point and and the importance of of completing it so uh thank you for sharing that um, I, I wanted to ask you in line with that you've talked a little bit about how you're changing you've stopped um, you're winding down podcasting a disease and now you're moving into this in you know, this idea of, of transforming lives uh, transforming others is how you've put it and i think you've even mentioned that you want to be seen in, in in the same way that tony robbins is seen and i'm wondering as is, is that something as you think about legacy and 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 the mark you want to leave in this world how, how your, your your mind has changed around that 
You know, I don't, you know, I was having dinner or breakfast with Michael Hyatt a couple months ago and he was talking about legacy and stuff like that. And I don't know that I ever actually even sit down and think about legacy. What, mm-hmm. What's going to happen? What, you know, what impact will I have on the world after I'm gone? And how will my legacy, you know, what, what biz, you know, about the business that will be left behind that will continue to operate beyond his years on this earth? And I, to be honest with you, I, I don't ever really think about that. But what I do think about is with what time I have on this earth right now, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. And I want to always be growing and I always want to be contributing to others. And I want to and any hour that I spend doing the work that I do, I just want to have the maximum return for my investment of time because time is my most valuable resource. It is limited. And if I'm going to spend time doing something, I want it to impact as many people as possible. And so a couple years ago, I had this dream of me standing on a stage at a, cons- at, at a stadium with tw- anywhere between 25 to 50,000 people who actually came there to hear me speak. Literally 25, and, and that just blew my mind. And the only pe- person I could ever think of that does something like that would be these big, huge, you know, evangelists who go yeah. out like Billy Graham. <laughs> and I know that it might, you know, while I'm a very faith-paced person, I don't see myself doing, you know, Billy Graham-style crusades. Yeah. Instead, I see myself being a very, you know, entertaining, educational, encouraging, and inspirational speaker. So the only person that came to mind was Tony Robbins. But I had never been to a Tony Robbins event. But here I have this vision of of this thing. And so I started sharing that. And I would say, you know, it's like, you know, I guess it was kind of the same way when I started, uh, you know, after about a year of podcasting, I'm working in insurance. And I was like, I wonder what life would be like if I did this podcast coaching and consulting and stuff instead of insurance. And then after 10 years of actually helping more than 35,000 people launch a podcast, now all of a sudden I'm asking myself, I wonder what life would be like if I did this instead of podcast coaching and consulting. Hmm. And so I started to talk about that and some people said, Cliff, and it's the same thing. The people who, when I was in insurance, I'm sitting here thinking, what an irresponsible thing to think, right? And there are people like, dude, that is exactly what you should be doing. And so every time I have this conversation, they said, and the the first time you're in a stadium, you have to let me know because I will be in that audience. That's what the, everybody's telling me. And That's I'm like, good. seriously? <laughs> and so all these people are encouraging me. And so finally, I'm, I'm starting to say, starting to actually speak this out loud more often. And I'm not as afraid to be ridiculed by actually even speaking those words. And um, every time I start saying it, it's like, yeah, I see myself maybe 10, 20 years down the road. And my friend Ray Edwards, he says, you know, you always talk about this, this vision of the future of where you're not known as the podcast answer man, but you're instead... Uh, helping to encourage and motivate people to take their life to the next level. But you're always talking about doing that 10 to 20. Why not next year? Why and not? I'm like, I'm, I'm not that person. I have so much to grow. And he's like, well, what are you doing? You know, if you push it out 10, 10 to 20 years, you've got a lot of time to grow. You can kind of just take it easy. What is it? What is it that's holding you back from actually experiencing the growth you need over the next 24 to 48 months to be able to achieve that? Hmm. And I'm like, darn it, Ray Edwards. <laughs> And so, so that, and he says, Cliff, he goes, you keep saying, you know, Tony Robbins, because why don't you, why don't you go ahead and go to a Tony Robbins event? I, he goes, I've been to one 10, about 10 years ago. I think you should go to one of his events. And I'm like, those things are expensive. And he goes, yeah, but one day you're expecting people to pay you to attend your events, right? Exactly. And I was like, okay, fair (laughs) enough. I'm going. And I said, not only that, but I'm taking Stephanie. So I, 
ended up spending it was June of 2016. I ended up spending somewhere around five to seven thousand dollars for Stephanie and I to spend four days in Dallas, Texas, and walk on coal, hot coals yeah. and and do all the crazy stuff at a Tony Robbins event. And dude, that was a life transformational weekend. Yeah. I am not this. I today, I, the the day I came home from that event, I was a different person than I was before I went to that event. That's great. And I said, I want to do that for everyone else. And I want to stop. I want to stop wasting the 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 time that I have on this earth, being known as the guy who can help you figure out what cable you need to hook up to your mixer. <laughs> you know. And by the way, I I don't regret all the time I've spent helping people launch their podcast because yeah. I have, I've helped people put their message out into the world, which is the first step. So many people out there had basically had this dream inside of them as a kid of what they wanted to do with their life or what they felt called to do, but then they get stuck down the educational path and they go and they get the very responsible career and they're making lots of money, but they're living unfulfilled lives and they've given up on their dreams. But then what did I do? I came along and helped them launch a podcast about something they're passionate about that brings a little bit of fulfillment into their life. And then for, I've helped, I've done that for over 35,000 people. Mm -hmm. And my favorite thing that I've done over the years is those thousands of people who actually put their message out there and, the, and they're getting this feedback from this community that says, wow, you are having a powerful, positive, uh, profound impact in my life. And they're starting to ask themselves this question. I wonder what life would be like if I did this for a living instead. And, and so I'm so thrilled with what I've done over the last 10 years. But I, but I understand that my my greatest gift to this world, and I know this sounds so arrogant, but I know that my greatest contribution in this world isn't to teach you what cables you need to hook up to your mixer. Yeah. But I know that my greatest calling, my greatest passion is to help people change their beliefs about who they are and what they're able to achieve in this world. And so I want to help those people navigate or transition from the life unfulfilling day job into the life of their dreams so that they can do the work, have a profitable, successful online business, doing the work that they feel most called to do in this world. And that's the season of life where I'm at right now. And I've worked with so many people over the years, helping them build profitable, successful online businesses that taps into who they are, their true identity, helping them set their dream free into this world and achieving success beyond their wildest imagination. Incre and that's that's my vision of the future. Incredibly inspiring. And I think if people just ask that one question, I wonder what life would be like, they would just open themselves up to an ex possibilities that they can't even imagine or can't even think about the, the, the logistics of how they put it together. But all you need is that energetic thought to start the process, and then you could figure out the steps later. So it's incredibly, incredibly inspiring. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. And the important thing to know is that it's not important initially that you know how you're going to achieve your dream. Yep. The important thing is that first you allow yourself to dream it, and then one day some at some point you're going to have to make a decision. And that decision is that at, from this point forward, I'm committed that no matter what it takes, I will live that life. Yeah. And it's only when you do that that the actual plan becomes available. So much good stuff here. This has been an incredible, incredible conversation. And time has flown by so much. I uh, just had a couple more questions as we wrap up. And again, thank you so much for your time. What have you changed your mind about recently? 
So, so basically the thing that I've decided lately is that I'm going to give up all of the income that I was generating before, as far as all the streams of income. And, and I'm cause, because all of those tie me to being the guy that you see as the guy who can help you with all your technical issues related to podcast RSS feeds yep. and equipment and cables. I'm, I'm, I actually want to put all of that in my past and all of my streams of income from this point forward. I want directly related to being known as the guy who's going to help you change your beliefs about who you are and what you can achieve and how to transition from the lifelong lifestyle of the employee and transition into the profitable online self-employed business owner that allows you to do your greatest ministry in the world. What I love about that is that it's such a scary decision, but I think you have the, I know that you have the faith that you're going to be successful. And, and sometimes we need to make those very, very scary decisions because we know that there's a better outcome at the end. Um, what's the one most misunderstood thing about you? I, I think my confidence is misunderstood by some people. So there there are words that I've just spoken in the most recent 15 minutes of this interview that probably would lead some that don't really know who I am to think that I'm an extremely arrogant, narcissistic person. And I think that, that you know, some of the things that I say, I, I think that if I didn't know who I was, I'd probably think that about myself. But yeah. I'm not. I talk about myself a lot. If you listen to the Cliff Ravenscraft show, I talk about myself a lot. But the reason I talk about myself is not to get people to like me because, to be quite frankly, I could care less if you like me. That is, By the way, that's something that's changed. Yeah. I used to be a people pleaser. At this point forward, I could care less if anyone likes me. All I want to know is am I able to share something of value that can transform people's lives? Mm -hmm. And so the reason why I talk about myself is not because I'm a narcissist, although I have very narcissistic tendencies – there's no doubt about that. I will not argue that. I don't believe I'm a narcissist, but I do have very, very many narcissistic <laughs> tendencies. But here's the reason why I talk about myself. I talk about myself because I believe my greatest mission and calling in this world is to take the things that I've learned, I've experienced in the past, the things that I'm learning now and experiencing right now, and the things that I'm going to learn and experience as I pursue my future hopes and dreams, both failures and successes, I believe that my greatest calling on the world is to take what I am experiencing and have experienced and take all of that, talk about it. So if anything, that's where I think I'm most misunderstood. The, the idea that I have so much confidence and, and I am talking about myself a lot. I am talking about a lot of my successes. But the thing is, is if anybody really dives in, if you listen to my show, I don't just talk about the awesome thing I achieve, things I achieve. I also often talk about how I'm failing and 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 the times when things aren't as great. Yeah. And so I I'm I'm never out there saying I'm better than anyone. It's just this is who I am. This is what I got going on. If you want to learn from what I've achieved and what I am achieving, then also I want to teach you what where I failed and and what you might want to avoid. But yes, I talk about myself a lot, and I think I'm misunderstood by some. And by the way, I think I'm, I, if anything, I'm misunderstood by a very vocal minority. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a, a good of a bow as we're going to be able to put on this because I know we could, I could have 
tons of questions and I could go down a lost rabbit hole, <laughs> but we'll, I'll save that for a, a conference when we run into each other. But thank you so much for being generous with your time. Thank you for uh, spawning this podcast, Podcast Junkies, <laughs> inspiring me to continue to, to do great things and for everything you're doing. It's been an amazing journey to watch. I'm going to continue to be paying attention to everything that you do. Um, what's I, I know you're easily found on the internet, but is there something specifically you've got coming up where you want to uh, get some more attention to or, or a project you want folks Absol- to check out? Absolutely. Do you know when this publish this episode will be published? Uh, in a couple of weeks. I only have a couple oh, that's in the can. Perfect. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's perfect. So yes, absolutely. Hands down. I want to invite people to come to Franklin, Tennessee on okay. September 7th, 8th and 9th for the free The Dream Conference. Okay. It's my own version of Tony Robbins' Unleash the Power Within. So it's going to be my, by the way, I'm speaking, my wife is speaking, my wife is going to be sharing uh, the five attitudes that you must adopt or that every entrepreneurial spouse must adopt to contribute to a successful marriage and online business. Very good. So um, my wife is speaking, Dan Miller, author of 48 Days to the Work You Love, he's speaking, Ray Edwards uh, will likely be speaking. The thing is, is Ray, his wife, Lynn, her birthday is that weekend. Okay. And so... I'm supposed to know this week whether or not he'll be speaking at the event. Um, but anyway, some other amazing people in my life. But have you ever, by the way, Harry, have you ever been to a conference where you go there and the person is a thought leader and they put on a conference and they invite all their friends and some of those speakers, they they have really good information, but they're a snore fest to listen to? <laughs> totally. <laughs> well, I have those friends in my life as well. None of them will be speaking on my stage. Okay, so I will tell you, anybody who is coming to uh, speak on the stage for free the dream they are going to either maintain or elevate the energy of this event from the beginning to the end hmm. in fact so much though that my friend leslie samuel who has this most enthusiastic energetic at- energy about him he's emceeing the event from hmm. beginning to end um it's going to be an incredible life transformational event we're going to help people uh, break free from their self-sabotaging patterns break free from the limiting beliefs that are holding them back helping them transition from the mindset of the employee to being self-employed successfully, uh, pricing, money. Uh, it's life transformational message. It's going to be called Free the Dream. It's helping okay. people through the transition of the lifetime of the unfulfilled employee to full-time self-employed in a profitable online business. So it is freethedream.live. That's not .com, mm-hmm. freethedream.live. So that's the website address. But yeah, Franklin, Tennessee, September 7th, 8th, and 9th, freethedream.live. 2018. 2018. I'm going to make it a point to try to get there as well, just, if just to, as a show of support. <laughs> just to that kind is of awesome. Like, to just, uh, I love what you're doing. Thanks again, Cliff. Um, I'm I'm happy. I'm looking forward to connecting again at an upcoming conference soon. This has been a, a true honor, a true pleasure to just bring everything full circle, this three and a half journey that I've been on. Um, and I, I tribute a, a good portion of that to your inspiration. That is, thank you so much. It means, seriously, stories like yours are what continues to fuel me to want to move forward with greater passion and greater boldness in the world. And And I happen to know for a fact that there are people out there that listen to you. You're having that kind of influence in people's lives. And Keep doing what you're doing. Okay. I appreciate it. Have a fantastic day. You too. So I always thank guests for coming on the show, and I mention it here at the end of our interview. But really, really thanks to Cliff for so many things, for providing the inspiration. I know there were several folks that inspired me 
during that conference to get started. Um, but uh, I would be remiss if I didn't have Cliff at the top of that list. So it was really nice full circle to have him come back on uh, and and be the guest on Podcast Junkies. He was definitely on my short list when I first started the podcast. And so it's really nice uh, that that's happened. We are a member of podcastica.com. Intro and outro music composed by Cedar and Soil. Check out his fantastic catalog at cedarsoil.com. Don't forget to support our episode sponsor, Podbean, podbean.com slash podcast junkies. Tune in next week for an incredible <laughs> one-two punch of conversations as if it wasn't enough of a high for me to be speaking to Cliff. Next week, I have a conversation with Andrew Mason, the former CEO of Groupon. Now you're probably asking, what does Andrew Mason have to do with Podcast Junkies? Well, he's working on a new tool that I think a lot of podcasters are going to be interested in. And um, I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to tease that out. And it's going to be an awesome, awesome episode. Can't wait for you guys to hear it. And I've been seeing some reviews come in. And I'm really excited and happy when that happens. Coldrin from the U.S., writes, as someone that also podcasts and goes to conferences, I know a bit about interviews, and Harry Duran is one of the absolute best. No matter what the guest has to offer, only the nuggets get through, and he always has the follow-up questions I want him to ask next. Thank you, Cauldron. And another one from HPHLUIS, so HPHLUIS104 from the U.S., Hidden gem of a show. I love this podcast. Great guests and not your run-of-the-mill questions. Harry's is doing a great job of bringing out awesome content from the guest. My favorite episode so far is the one with Pat Flynn. Both guys know how to provide awesome, high-value content. If you're a podcaster or just interested in business and podcasting, you'll benefit from this show. Thank you so much, Lewis, for that amazing post. If you want your review read on the air, then make sure you send it over to Apple Podcasts. Head on over to podcastjunkies.com slash iTunes, and you'll be taken to the subscription page. And uh, leave a nice review and I'll read it on the air. If you made it this far, then no doubt you're looking for the retention hashtag. So in honor of uh, Cliff's connection to Podcast Junkies, we'll make it hashtag PJCliff, P-J-C-L-I-F-F. And uh, Cliff has a Twitter handle and it is Cliff E-O-T-C. So it's um, something that requires a little bit of spelling there. So I'll spell it out here. C-L-I-F-F-E-O-T. C, and that's his Twitter handle. So tag him, tag podcast underscore junkies. And if you haven't already, make sure you sign up for our newsletter to receive my weekly episode updates. And the easiest way to do that is head on over to podcastjunkies.com slash eight tools, and you'll get a free PDF of the eight tools I've used to launch Podcast Junkies sent to your inbox, and that'll put you on the list. Thanks again for all you do. Hope you really enjoyed this special episode, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Have a fantastic day.